you want to do it? No. It's your job. It's my job. Back again, doing my job. Episode 80 of Corporate Lunch. Sam, Rachel, I'm Noah. This is GQ Styles uh, Customer Service Fashion Podcast. The best of its kind in the world, in the universe. 80 episodes in, I'd say we're probably better than we've ever been. I'd say we're just getting started. Just yeah. getting started. Healthier, stronger. Summer's just heating up. I've been training. Um, last week, we brought you the very best of Fashion Week and... Um, you know, blew your minds with with our top three collections. That was a great episode. Our unparalleled analysis. Congrats on to everyone on that. But we had some unfinished uh, pairs business to discuss. What about our own collections? Yeah, exactly. So um, Rachel and I went, um, you know, blew a bag or we two. We expressed ourselves through monetary means. Yeah, a little retail therapy. But we were gonna. We needed to um, break down some. Essential uh, Parisian shopping um, tips, advice, anecdotes. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Did you do's and don'ts? Um, did you, Rachel? Did you go to Paris like with it? So we went to Paris because it's part of our job to, for work. It's true. It's true. Um, we were forced to go, or we wouldn't get paid. That's what we were told. Did you, when you went there, did you think maybe, hey, maybe I'll do some shopping while I'm here? Well, the nice thing about going to Paris for on the men's schedule is that you go during the sale season paris has that france has this yeah. their their government regulations as to when things can go on sale and it's twice a year in january and uh and july june july which is when you're there to see the greatest and latest in men's fashion and purchase a little bit of it for yourself at a an attractive rate the places I shop at don't have sales, despite the government regulations. That's okay. Uh, I did go to the 45 RPM store, though. Uh, there's one right at, like, right down from Place Vendome where we were staring, staying, mm -hmm. and uh, it wasn't really that tight. It wasn't, like, as cool as the New York one. They have a lot of stores in Paris, in France, right? Yeah. Do you know? I think they're... Uh the designer is based between Paris and Tokyo. It this one felt there was like a lot of like clearance stuff in there and it like it wasn't that exciting. Did they water the floor? The the sidewalk out front was watered, yeah. Nice. But it was more of like a normal store. I don't know. Like the the forty five RPM store in New York, as I've said, is like I think the best store in New York and that one didn't feel that awesome. But I've been to some in Japan that felt sick. Anyway, so I didn't buy anything there but they were having what's the french word for sale that's on all the windows sold sold <laughs> wait how do you spell it s-o-l-d-e-s -E yeah colette's gone that seems super weird <laughs> yeah it does i used seem to walk by because we were always right near there um i don't know i never really bought anything yeah there. but it's funny colette like, was pretty sick though to get like a it was like a good barometer for like what's, what's hot what was hitting streets. yeah but but as as Sarah Andelman, the owner, said when it closed, like when she opened the store, you couldn't buy like sneakers and Saint Laurent in the same place. Yeah. So it was like a pretty crazy concept. And she had all these wild indie magazines from other countries. I made the decision to go to Dries Van Noten because I like to go to Dries Van Noten in Paris. One, because it's a very beautiful store. That store is amazing. But also because they have so much stuff that just that simply isn't available in the United States. Beautiful. And if you're going to buy new abroad, mm -hmm. you should buy something new that's not available here. Obviously, I'm not telling anyone anything they don't know. But you should take notes if you did never thought <laughs> of that. A helpful, a helpful reminder. 
however, yeah. for those of us at home. And it's also, you know, it's my boyfriend Lloyd's birthday is at the end of shout January, so it's big shout out to Lloyd. It's a nice time to go get him a special little treat and pretend like I am, you know, a French financier. Yeah who's abroad for a business trip. I guess I would be a British financier from abroad in Paris on a business trip. And I'm just like getting the little wife Mm -hmm. something special (laughs) to let her know that I was thinking of her while I was in the city of love. So (laughs) I I went into the men's (laughs) Trees Van Noten store. The men's and women's stores are separate? They're separate, yeah. But they're, they're, you know, one or two doors down from each other. I went into the men's store and I picked up this sweater and I thought, this is just exceptional. Mm-hmm. It was blue. It had little flecks of pink, mm-hmm. lighter blue, red, orange, green. I do not exaggerate when I tell you I looked into this sweater and I saw the other side of my soul. <laughs> it was like an Uncut Gems when yes. Kevin Garnett looks into the black. Oh, hole. I thought you were right. going to say when, you, the go, when you go through space <laughs> and then come out Adam Sandler's <laughs> asshole. <laughs> That too. Uh, yeah, and Lloyd's kind of like a knitwear king. Yeah, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, he loves the idea of two needles just getting together. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so anyways, I did something really stupid, unwise, foolish. You set it on fire. Yes, I said. Well, I it practically Basically. did. There were all of these stylists in town because it was like men's fashion week and there were a ton of stylists in Dries Van Noten. I mean, it was it's it's funny to watch like these kinds of people shop because like this dude who will come into the story in a major way in just a few seconds. So like, don't don't tune out um, was like just making big stacks of sweatsuits, huge stacks of sweatsuits, like three feet tall. And he was just like going to buy all of them. So I put down this sweater and this guy is like, wow, that was a really nice sweater. And I put it down because I was like, I'm going to keep looking, but that's probably what I want. And I said, yeah, I know. I think I'm going to buy it for my boyfriend. <laughs> and he was like, well, I don't know. Like, I might need to buy it for my client. <laughs> you should have just called oh, Lloyd wow. your client, and then you wouldn't <laughs> have had the issue. I know. You're absolutely right. Um, my significant client. Yeah. So then we sort of start going back and forth. And I was like, oh, are you a stylist? And he was like, I don't like that word, but yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. What did like, he say he was instead? Didn't he have another word he liked? Creative. Creative. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, I work for GQ. Like, who's your client? And he said, my client is LeBron. And I was like, well, I don't even think LeBron is going to fit in this size large sweater. Like, he's definitely an XL. So the salesperson offered to look for another one well unfortunately that was the very last one in the store and in the world wow so this is one-on-one lloyd against lebron lloyd v lebron <laughs> <laughs> the basketball tournament we've all been waiting for <laughs> so finally how tall is like, lloyd he's like six six six, six as lloyd's well a, yeah lloyd's yeah. six lloyd's six six six, six two eighty he could yeah. go up against lebron yeah um, he's huge, just his hands are like dinner plates. <laughs> and, um, and so we're, he's like, if you give it to me, you'll get more mileage. You'll see it all the time. As if like I don't like. <laughs> I really like that line boyfriend. of reasoning. That's like, look, if I get this sweater, we all benefit, benefit <laughs> because LeBron will be wearing it. If Lloyd gets this sweater, no one else is ever going to see it. Just right. you and Lloyd and whoever Lloyd knows. Which it's is like nobody. when people buy a Picasso and it's in a private <laughs> That's collection. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, you don't want these private collections amassing all of the holy grails of uh, of menswear. You want, yeah, you want them to be made public. Yeah, you you want to see them on upscale hype and various other uh, yeah league fits. sources of <laughs> league fits. I actually just donated half my closet to Nick Young. You know, to the, <laughs> yeah. I want it out there. to the to yeah. the public for the public good. For the yeah. public good, yeah, that's a tax write off for <clears throat> sure. So, anyways, the moral of the story is. The moral of the story is psycho. What happens well, next is crazy. The craziest His part girlfriend ever. was like, listen, just flip a coin. The stylist we like, girlfriend? Yeah. And we were like, oh, okay, sure. So the... the um, I can't believe that was suggested. And everyone in the store, including you, LeBron James's stylist, <laughs> and the fucking salesperson at the store were all like, yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. And like a, a, a coin appeared for the flip. I'm so. picturing like 20 other stylists all ringed around you I guys watching just been, this like, go down. Throwing dollars <laughs> into the middle. Yeah, I would have just taken the sweater and left the store. Like, screw you people. You're nuts. Well, the coin salesman was holding not... it. The sales associate was holding oh, it. at this point. And he's kind of, he was like really panicked. It's with a neutral party. Yeah. He has to decide. So he's like, okay, go. okay, I'll go get a euro. And... <laughs> So he brings back the euro. I would have been like, we're using an American quarter. (laughs) Well, we both look at the euro, and I noticed that on the on the single euro coin, there's you know the Brancusi. No, it's not the Brancusi. It's it's a. I think it's the. I thought it was George Washington. Victory. Yeah, it's George Washington Mm. crossing the Delaware and eating a baguette. (laughs) And, um, And so I was like, you know, the the statue, the art is probably the heads is probably heavier. Okay. Wow. But. But then I thought that seems like I don't really know what I'm talking about. So what did you call? I called heads. I called heads, and the girlfriend flipped it in the air, and I won. And he was just like he started clapping, and he was like, "It's fate! It's fate! It's destiny! It's fate!" (laughs) That you get the sweater? Yeah. So he just bought like six other sweaters, probably. Yeah, he bought like the entire tie dye, like everything that was remaining in a size large that was tie dye. He bought. I can't believe that dude was looking at. All of these size large sweaters and being like, these are going to fit LeBron. Yeah. Dries Van Noten's size large is not huge. It's not. Yeah, I it's own. not large. I own two size large Dries Van Noten sweaters, in fact. But hey, I he's a creative. He, know, a, he knows yeah, what he's doing. Yeah. He's a professional. Maybe he wanted the fit to be creative. Yeah, he was going to stretch like, it. doesn't fit. I mean, the, the really tight sweater is is a look. It's a real look. I mean, look. like, there's definitely, like, a body hugging. What do you call, like, dresses that, like, hug a woman's body? Isn't there a name for it? Body, body, body con. Body con. Body Body con. Sounds like a Val Kilmer movie from, like, 1986. Body con. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what does that she mean? That's just a really tight. Pale. That's, like, when the dress it's is, like, like really all the way against tubey. the skin. Like, the Hervé Leger bandage dress is the... Um, what's the French term for when it's the real thing, the original? DM Sam Hine, if you know what I'm talking about. The authentic? Whoever submitted a poem will know. Oh, we didn't even... Well, we'll get to that. We'll we get to that. Up we'll get to that. Upcoming, yeah, I mean, wow, what a day. What but, an episode. But Noah, you also had an extremely emotional shopping journey. I... So just two quick things to do in Paris. One is go to the Casey Casey store, which is, I think, one of the... Um, coolest stores on the planet i feel like Beautiful i say that store. about a lot of things but it's a really interesting store and a pretty strange experience and uh just really really beautiful clothing i didn't cop anything i had them put a pair of pants aside for me knowing i wouldn't go back for them but just like just in case that's perverse you think they're still sitting there yeah. <laughs> no they put them back Noah, where are you know you? what was psycho though is i went in there <laughs> and 
I went in on a Friday evening, I think. No, a Saturday. Yeah, Friday evening, and I was. Uh, they had this kind of like a balloon pant, this draw, the enormous drawstring cotton pant. Wow. And uh, it was so big, my size was an extra small, but they were gigantic. And they only had them in. They had them in blue, but not in my size. And they had them in green in my size. And I was like, I really want the blue. Not the green. What color? Like a cornflower blue? No, a navy, like an indigo navy. Okay, and the nice. green was like a washed army green. Yeah. And um, anyway, we had this conversation. I spent some time in there chatting with them. Interesting bunch of French weirdos and jotted down my email for their mailing list. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll be back. And I left. And then the next day I get an email from one of the women I was speaking with. And she's like, oh, we just got a delivery in and we now have the blue pants mm. in your size. And I was like, that's crazy. We there was no discussion of like contact being made if my size was discovered. There was just like, you know, you put your email down for like a mailing list. There wasn't like a. You would think there would have been a conversation anyway. Right, that you were going <clears> to <throat> get an email that's like, "Welcome to Casey Casey," and it's like a mass email. Yeah, or just not like, like the a monthly share Noah. No, this woman was like. You were trying these on. You wanted this one. Anyway, you I put still, your left leg in first. <laughs> I still didn't get them. Then em. your right leg. You pulled them up and tenderly tied the drawstring. Um, and then I dropped in Anatomica, which we've, which is like essential stop in in Paris, and um, learned that they've divided their store into two stores. It has spawned a second store, and one is all. So Anatomica is like a Japanese brand similar to 45 rpm um that is based between uh japan and paris and um they have now one store that's all their footwear which is incredible and the pieces that are made in france and a second store which is all the pieces that are made in japan simple concept wow but beautiful one copped nothing um got intense intense uh harsh vibes from the uh amazingly stylish um aspirationally cool people that work there who just like sit, stand on the sidewalk and smoke cigarettes. And what do you do? How do you feel when someone is like, Ugh, who's this trash shopper? Um, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. <laughs> I have no, I don't need to be like treated nicely. I just, when it comes time to like engage on the level, like if I want to know about a fabric or a size or a fit or where something was made or how it was made or the story of something like, I want to know. I want like competency above uh, friendliness, friendliness every time, because I know like if we engage and we're on the level, like it's going to be good. I, they might not like me in the end, but like I don't. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. The point is that I don't really give a shit if they're mean to me, especially initially. Mm -hmm. If yeah. I care to engage further, it's going to be all good in the end. And if I don't, then I leave and I don't care. I'm not I've, spending my money there. I much prefer shopping experiences where the salespeople are like very solid and apathetic to like going into a store and having someone like explain our legacy to me. I mean, it's like the famous thing. The The best example is the Supreme thing, right? People, once Supreme got big enough that a lot of non-skaters were going there, the complaints about the way the staff behaves and treats you began. And, and uh, now it's sort of something they're famous for. And it's just like, whatever, there are justifications for that attitude. There are things about the culture there and the history of it. What, All of that aside, like, who cares? Sorry they were mean to you. So they were mean to me at Anatomica, but I didn't buy anything and it was fine anyway and I still love them. And then the real journey began, which was the thing I went to Paris for above all else, which was to find myself a cute little vintage Hermes silk scarf, which... 
no particular reason why I wanted vintage rather than new. I guess I thought it would be cheaper, but that's not necessarily the case. And I guess I thought it would be a little more special. And uh, their med store was closed on Sunday. And that was the day I had. So Chick-fil-A. Well, what, what, and what obviously awakened, there's an Hermes store in New York, but their med store in Paris is like special. What awakened this need in you for an Hermes scarf? I don't, you know, I was trying to think about that. I have no idea. I think it's just, it's just a universal, um, any age, any gender identification status symbol for just like, not fashion, but like wealth. Yeah. It's just rich guy shit. It's just, which is another reason I wanted a vintage one. Cause I thought it sort of would have a little more like, mm-hmm. Four people have died wearing this. Uh, I mean, like, just Google photos of uh, Pavarotti wearing his Hermes silk scarves, and you'll you'll get a little you'll know. a sense of um, what I was after there. I don't know. I, do you guys have a sense of like where the? Well, were you imagining um, getting the scarf and and pulling like an ASAP Rocky Babushka Boy move, no, or did you it, want it to? Did you want just like a jaunty little accessory? I wanted a your jaunty neck? little accessory on my neck. I've always been kind of a scarf guy. I just realized, like, I've always liked to have a a little uh, a little silky accessory. A little, like, yeah, I got like, yeah, I have like a crushed velvet like dress scarf. I have a lot of like, uh, I've always worn scarves. I guess I don't know. I always, yeah, I wanted the jaunty little. And in fact, what I really wanted. Um, was this, so the main scarf size, which is called a kere, mm-hmm. C-A-R-R-E, mm-hmm. is the term S. for it. There's an S at the end, I think, right? Possibly. I don't, anyway, I don't know. Anyway, not important. Is a uh, 90 centimeter is the standard size, so it's a giant square. It's not actually a scarf. And they also make uh, occasionally a 70 centimeter, which is like bigger than a bandana but smaller than the full kere. And uh, that's what I wanted, but they're incredibly hard to find. I only found one in all of Paris. Why did you want the smaller one? Is it easier to? Yeah, it would be more like uh, so much like extra exactly because the full size one is like Rachel's wearing one today tied around her shoulders. Like the full size one is like a shawl, like a granny Mm -hmm. would wear it, and it like would fully cover her shoulders and drape mostly down her back and over her. Yeah, I have it tied over the entire back of my jacket. Yeah, they're pretty big, but they're silk, so they fold up, and they, they're actually like quite compact. So when I wear it, it, it actually looks uh, much smaller. So anyway, we're getting ahead of the story, which, you know, this is going to take a couple hours, I think, for me to um, fully get into. So where, uh, where are the best spots in Paris to source a vintage Hermes scarf? Right, so... There are various thrift stores in Paris that may have them, but I just went directly to the Paris flea market, the big flea market, the biggest flea market in the world. And I went, um, met some friends there and had, I probably saw about one third of it, but I was there. My mission while I was there was to find some vintage Hermes scarves. And I found many. Are I there, found are there a bunch of different... full of them. I found hundreds of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and are, there, are there people at the at the at the flea market who specialize and who just have silks, or at any like pretty good vintage dealer, are they going to have like a healthy selection of kind of Americana and other stuff plus Hermes scarves? No, the people that have Hermes scarves wouldn't have any Americana. They have like, like old Chanel and Saint Laurent. Mm-hmm. Yes, stuff. yeah. They have old French. I mean, like there's the the f- I, what I found to be the most incredible of all of it was a place called Shea Sarah. And she has this little store that's about 10 feet wide and 100 feet long that's just 
one, two enormously long racks of vintage couture, like original shit in plastic. Like you couldn't even, it was nuts. And then, um, and she had like a gigantic, like St. Bernard, like sitting at the door. It was like a real experience. And she had racks and racks and racks of hanging Hermes silk scarves. They were all like between three and 400 euro. And they're all like really nice examples. You know, the Hermes scarves all have names and like they can be identified by the artist that initially did them in the year they were produced and um, different levels of like scarcity and value and all this stuff. And I didn't want to like spend that much. And I really wasn't like sure. I didn't really see one that I loved. Like I wanted like a really batshit one, you know, not like some like tasteful, simple, geometric. I wanted mm-hmm. to find like something outrageous like something where you're like whoa like something really bad happened to the people in this scar yeah exactly. <laughs> not wearing it but like in the scene yeah <laughs> so um yeah i stumbled across just like a few and you have to like ask around and isaac larose was there and he speaks french i do not um he speaks french canadian which is really funny because like some people in paris don't understand him his girlfriend was like it's like he's from alabama yeah. i was like how she <laughs> contextualized it for us um but he was like asking people and then people would be like oh go like talk to this guy and then um i you find these dealers who have like who only sell like vintage vuitton trunks or like I found one guy who only sells Hermes, but like different types of things. Along the way, you encountered a um, a particularly good omen. Oh, in I bumped your into Raph Simmons. Yeah, I saw Raph walking down one of the aisles, one of the side streets in the flea market. Um, I I want I didn't say I didn't um, stop and chat with him. It felt like a too too personal, private of a moment. But I regret not like following him yeah. around the flea market for right. a while to, to see, see what, what he was what was going on. He didn't have anything on him at the time, but. He probably like has people put things aside, things aside, and ship them to his hotel. So, um, anyway, I was feeling discouraged. I, I I looked at hundreds of of Hermes silk scarves. I found one guy who had like five hundred in his booth, and um, I I looked through a few drawers, and he only he, that was the only person he had one seventy centimeter size. So you just can't find the seventies, which I didn't quite realize. Anyway, I'm finally on my way out of the flea. I probably saw about twenty percent of it in a few hours, but I had to get back to, to Paris and, um, found this kind of like crusty old lady who had like a funky little booth of old French fashion stuff. And she had just a handful of kind of weird Hermes silk scarves. And they were like, one of them had like a cigarette hole burnt in the corner of it. And I was like, that's kind of sick. Like (laughs) maybe I should get that one. And then, um, what was there? Was it marked down or marked up? Yeah, it was cheap. (laughs) <laughs> it was like 80 euro and I was like that's actually kind of dope like and then there was she had a bunch of like Versace silk scarves which I kind of which I also like um kind of different design but it's like that's a you know I'll get one of those in Milan maybe one day anyway I dig through a drawer and then I find the one which is um it's from 1959 and it has a a scene of a um there's like some some Greek gods and some angels and then this giant like French sailboat and um it's called La Ocean something something. It has a name. She like busted out the catalog and showed it to me and showed me the year and the name of the artist and all this stuff. And it seemed like a, it seems like a traumatic but ultimately victorious yeah. sea scene. Mm-hmm. It's it's very it. well. It's like very broken in and soft. It doesn't have any stains or anything on it, but it's like it's very vintagey seeming. Which it's in remarkably good condition for a mostly white scarf. Yeah, it is from 1959. And I don't know. She was selling it for like 180. 
And then I spent enough time. She was like 160. And then I happened to have 140 euro in my pocket. And I was like, this is all I've got. And she sort of reluctantly gave it to me. That's beautiful. For that price. Maybe I feel bad about that. I That's showbiz. Um, <laughs> what are your guys' favorite? Um, like, I feel like there are like different like groups of Hermes scarf enthusiasts because there are like all these different styles that they come in. So there's like yeah. nautical, there's equestrian, which is the like original, yeah. you know, like what they were making in like 1938. There's geometric and like abstract. There's like Indian block print, you know, there's like artist editions and stuff. Yeah, they did. We were just looking at, they did a series with Comme des Garcons. That's really pretty Those ones sick. Are so They're good. like checkered. Um, it's kind of looks like they were cut up and turned into patchwork. Um, I mean, I like the really bright and colorful ones. I don't. I find the equestrian stuff totally revolting. Yeah, I don't like the it's equestrian like, stuff either. Isn't that what you're too, wearing? What is mine yours? is mine is a is a circus school. Mm. Yeah, that's dope. Where there's like there are horses, but it's like there are jesters who are kind of teasing the horses yeah. with like strange medieval instruments. Yeah, it's great when there are <laughs> My scenes. My dad got it for me. <laughs> <laughs> like the scene, the ones where there are like live scenes, like sort of narrative scenes right. with people yeah. doing stuff are great. And then the ones that are like just kind of absurd or like bizarre. Like there was that mu there's one that's all just mushroom. Like it's covered in different types of mushrooms. Yeah, I just bought that one. Nice. You did? <laughs> I found a black one on the real real. Oh, that's so sick. Hermes now makes um, specific like scarves only for men. Um, they have like a separate men's silk designer who yeah. um, like there are some really good ones. Like they did a tie dye one where they did a tradition. You know, they did like a fairly like recognizable Hermes um, block print and then had the people at the factory like tie-dye each one individually by hand. Oh, yeah. Um, but in general, I, I definitely prefer the women's ones. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like what makes them really special is like that they are these like, like they, I think they design like 20 a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're like really limited in terms of like the variety each yeah. year. Yeah. And then the designer's names are actually known. Yeah. Which is they're always on the they're on the, the scarf. Right. scarf. Yeah, that was like one no thing. Other, there's not like you don't know who like the knitwear designer at like Dior. Oh is. yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like there or like Chanel. Like Chanel makes extremely special knitwear, but like I mean, you could find out pretty easily, but you wouldn't know necessarily. Like oh, mm -hmm. this artisan yeah. made this piece. It's super. And they're over like I think there are now over like twelve thousand Hermes scarf designs out in the in the world mm -hmm. from since they started. They. Yeah, you have to, I learned a little bit about like authenticating because I get, you know, I, I'm, there are lots of fakes, I'm sure, but any Hermes scarf will say Hermes on it in the print somewhere, even mm -hmm. small, and it will have the name, most likely, I think almost always have the name of the artist on it, like yeah. a signature, and it will have the name of the scarf on it. So there will be a phrase or like mine says Le Ocean something something on it. And then they also have a little tag that says 100% silk made in France stitched in, but those often come off. Like mine doesn't have that on it. And I think it's just old or because, you know, like you would want to take it off because you could end up, you, you know, it would, it's visible. It's like stitched to the corner. And it has a hand rolled edge with a hand done stitch that's uneven and irregular because it's hand rolled and hand stitched. And that's like, the other thing to look for, I guess. But I don't know how common fakes are. They're probably pretty common. I mean, they're super valuable and there's so many out there. It's yeah. like, but Etsy's full of fakes. So we'll, we'll authenticate the mushroom one when it comes in. Watch this space. Since I'm now an expert. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, the best thing to do 
uh, when wearing your Hermes. We'll do a whole other episode on how to wear your Hermes. So once everyone gets theirs, we'll do an episode on how to wear it. It's a real weird old lady kind of accessory. I, You know... Yeah, I, I got know. it, and I was like showing friends in Paris, and they're like, "What are you gonna do with that? How are you gonna wear it?" Oh and God, then I like busted so it out and tied it. it up, and it was perfect. And you I didn't so think of, things. I didn't think of the ASAP babushka thing. Although the, the it's that it is the thing that you do that with. You kind of mm-hmm. fold it over into a giant triangle and wrap it over your head and tie it under your chin. But I just go, I just go scarf. It feels great, luxurious silk, and I like to tie it on and then read some poetry or have poetry read to me, ideally. Speaking by of. a famous poet. <laughs> All right, so we did our first the first ever corporate lunch. This is a special 80th episode anniversary edition of the first annual corporate lunch uh, poetry contest. And um, there's a there's some funny backstory to this, or I it, it, sort of a uh, um, not funny but um, unexplainable, inexplicable um, backstory to the corporate lunch. Um, poetry contest and and that is in in that um, credit for this goes to um, a couple of folks by the name of Dylan Flynn and Ford Emerson both of which sound like fake poet names like I mean Dylan you know Bob Dylan great Dylan poet. Thomas Dylan Thomas right even more who's the source of Bob <laughs> Dylan's name and um, <laughs> uh, Ford Emerson you know, that's a Wolf Waldo ever. Yeah. So we're dealing with a couple We're dealing with some heavy hitters of, on Twitter here. Really I some think some true transcendentalists and romantics. I think they're just young millennial um creatives out here. I don't know I don't know their deal. But so This all started with it because we were just looking for some uh feedback on the last episode of Corporate Lunch, correct? No, I was literally looking for the link to the last uh, episode oh. and I was too lazy to ask you. And too nervous, you know? It's embarrassing to ask Sam Hine a question. So these two these two Twitter personalities um, kind of kicked things off without knowing they were kicking things off because Ford Emerson, who appears to be a um, young woman, t- tweeted, Recycled air up my nose, orange chicken in my belly. The tumor grows and grows. This is the life, really. At work today, it is the way. And um, hashtag never give up. Hashtag never give up. Which I like to think that's part of the poem, but yeah. maybe not. And Dylan Flynn, um, friend, lover, colleague, cousin, reply guy, reply guy, um, replies to Ford's poem with something that really spoke to the three of us, which was the corporate energy tarnishing the soul, staring blankly at monitors and performing menial tasks. Once 5 p.m. hits, should I throw my already lifeless form on the train tracks? Nay, I say, for there is always tomorrow, TMW. And for lunch, I can look forward to a half-price Chipotle burrito bowl. And um, It's corporate. It's lunch. It's deep. It really hits all the notes. I mean, it stopped me in my tracks. and um, And you threw your lifeless body onto those tracks. So... We um, we asked you guys for some poems. We thought that would that would be a nice a nice a uh, something fun to do. What did we think? Why did we do this? What were we thinking? It was just a cool Friday afternoon idea that you had. The first one I saw was a reply from Foster. Foster Kamer. Foster Kamer. So we got we got media hundreds guy. of submissions, thousands to the cor- of to the corporate lunch poetry contest. I some mean, about 
corporate aesthetics, um, sort of like Dylan's poem, some about fashion and fits, some about um, trauma. Yeah. And uh, we're going to read a selection of them. I mean, who we knew, can't, we can't who get knew to all so of them, many people sorry. write poetry? I'm proud Unfortunately, of you guys. No one, I love that. No one reads poetry. You're like, wow, the kids today, they're just Instagramming all day. No, they're not. They're learning they're coordinated dances in, for TikTok <laughs> and writing couplets. Couplets in the notes Do you think TikTok has app. a poetry scene? It doesn't. This is going to be... Okay, so maybe should we each, should we sort of do a little rotation here? Yeah, oh yeah. I have Foster's if you'd like. If someone you want to read that one first? Sure, yeah. Foster put his on on the main feed, so it's respect. on the feed. It's a public. He was like really proud of his work, as he so often is. And uh, here's what he responded to us: Narc dad, Stark mad, Mall grab, words bad, fit sad, dad had, all clad, DJ Vlad, no plaid. Nice snaps. All right. Yeah. Um, nice. Really nice, nice Foster. Nice. Thank you. Brian H. Carroll uh, DM'd in a couple internet couplets. I read about clothes online and listen to pods. Just ask about designers. I can name all the gods. I cop on Rodeo. I cop on Avenue Montaigne. Sometimes I cop off my phone on the plane. Clothes allow me to be more expressive. Noah is a dad and sort of aggressive. Prophet Pizza talks Olsons and Princess Di. No boy or girl is prettier than Sam Hine. I'm not on social media, just Vogue runway app. My silk wardrobe looks like all day I take, an, I take naps. Pleats in my wardrobe, but not on my face. Remember, cleanse and moisturize, or you'll be a disgrace. Who Thanks, wrote that Brian. one? Brian. Brian H. Carroll. That's beautiful. That's really good. I got one here from Jackson Giriolo. A nice. It's really tight. <laughs> Your jacket had so many pockets but you still couldn't engineer a way to love me. Rupee cower. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Damn. That one spoke to me. That was fucking, that one hits. I've got something really interesting here from a guy named Ed Puddington. Uh, it's called Green Eggs and Klein. Say, I like Raph for Calvin Klein. I do. I like him, Samuel Hine. And I would wear it in a boat. And I would wear it with my tote. And I will wear it in the rain and in the dark and on a train. And in a car and in a tree. He is so good, so good, you see. So I will wear it from the box. And I will wear it with my socks. And I will wear it in my house. And I will wear it with a blouse. And I will wear it here and there. Say, I will wear it anywhere. I do so like Ralph, Ralph for Calvin Klein. And in the dark and in a train <laughs> and in a car and in a tree, he is so good, so good, you see. So I will wear it from the box and I will wear it with my socks and I will wear it in my house and I will wear it with a blouse and I will wear it here and there. Say, I will wear it anywhere. I do so like Ralph for Calvin Klein. Thank you, thank you, Samuel Hine. <laughs> wow. Is that a real... That's really nice. Do peop- are people... How how many people out there are there that just really love Raph or Calvin Klein? I do. You do? Yeah. That's do you like thing. all that Warhol shit? No. All right. I think everyone's really excited about Dior era Raph right now. That's really? the thing I'm hearing yeah. about. That's cool. I mean, Raph obviously is the the knitwear god and the Calvin sweaters are amazing. But when you look at that couture, it'll blow your mind. Uh, Dior? Yeah. Yeah. It is unparalleled. Really incredible. 
Who's up, me? I think you're up now. All right, this one's called Inescapable Pain. (laughs) (laughs) Is this by Ray Littles? This is Ray Littles, Inescapable Pain. Although I sit in the wake of my destruction, I am only slightly pleased with the havoc I have wrecked. I try to rationalize this action, consider it production, but in reality, all that I have gained is a loss of respect. I would say, just to cut in here, this is off to a slow start. I could, it gets better. I would do some editing, I think, of that top section. It's a little grandiose. An influx of neglect. I've become accustomed to the reject, feeling like a Noah Johnson v-neck. I'm useless, forgotten about. I can't handle this pain. I need to quit. These are the thoughts in my brain when I realize I've bricked a fit. Thanks, Ray. Really comes around. Thanks for that submission, Ray. All right, a couple more. This is uh, this is starting to wear on me. Yeah. Um, here's a a lot of people submitted haikus. This one's by uh, at might be Raj. Let's title corporate lunch haiku. Evan Kanori is all over my body. Black wool corduroy. Damn. And he dedicated it to his two style dads, Evan and Noah. Who wrote that? Maybe Raj oh. on Twitter. Okay, I, I, I would like to read one, one last. It's called Table for Five. Rachel dons a velvet cape. She remains unimpressed with Noah's sponsor me tape. Back salad, front blunt, wearing tip-to-tail bape. <laughs> a gentle kick, push down, content tower drive. Sam needs spicy rigatoni to survive. <laughs> That's true. Mr. Hine, your table at Carbone is ready. And then there's a, a line that I need to unfortunately censor. Dessert is finished. Pasta stains on grails aplenty. Garçon, please. We need change for a 20. That's <laughs> that really beautiful. Good. That one's really Thank you, Zane. Zane Pecky? Who's this? Cullen, 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 Cullen. Below Houston in big fits, they wander and pose and pause and get shot, and it looks like this, and on and on. Beneath coats, wavering layers merge, clinking chains, too many rings, flashing, clashing knits, and things that never end. Man. The poem about big fits. I think this person could have an MFA in poetry. Should have an MFA. Maybe the first ever, what do you call it, honorary degree? Yeah. Speaking of poetry MFAs. Master of Fit Arts is what you mean, right? MFA. This one was sent in by one Madeline Gilmore, a professional poet. I'm only, it's pretty long. Um, read an excerpt. I'm going to read a little excerpt. At the party drunk, on Prosecco they keep pouring. I'm sad over $1,000 purses, the tiny acorns carved into the wooden walls, the tiny leaves, the lit coffee shop sign on the corner, the way I'm standing by the door with authority. They ask me, do I work here because I'm wearing a flannel? I tell the waitress I like her accent. She says, thank you. I hate it, she says, Donegal, Northern Ireland. I'd like to talk to her more. She seems like she's busy. The rich lady asks me for the scent of the candle. I say it's beautiful. She says, thank you. Thinking I've called her beautiful. That's only part of it, but I think that was a nice little excerpt. I think we could move into the vibe section of the evening. Um... This is episode 80 of Corporate Lunch. Please please tell your friends to listen to our podcast. Beg them to listen to our podcast. We're, we're just trying to do more, be better. We need, um, we need your support to do that. We're doing, we're doing our best, I think, wouldn't you say? I think we're doing a really good job. Uh, write a review on iTunes and subscribe and subscribe your parents and get them to listen, um, especially your 
your moms and dads. Your significant others. Yeah, yours. Your MFA professors. Thank you to everyone who submitted a poem. Thanks for sharing a slice of your soul with us, your creative energy. Mm-hmm. I know it's emotional. Poetry is. It is. I mean, these were particularly emotional. It's um, like uh, they could do an episode of the Goop Lab on poetry. They absolutely could. And everyone would like cry really heavily and like hyperventilate when they read their poems and then be held tenderly. And then Gwyneth Paltrow would like interview like Ben Lerner and like other poetry experts about words and um, react with like an empathetic, but entirely flat affect. Yeah. That's crazy. Ben Lerner. (laughs) You sound really damaged. Um, Keep submitting poems too, by the way. Oh, the the poems that I've gotten. Whoa. (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah. 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 Keep them coming. If you were, if you were, you know, sitting on, sitting on some heat, uh, you know, feel free to DM me. And yeah. also you can send us paintings and artwork, but not photographs. Oh, and not your mixtape. We should do a, what do you call it? Like the art, like uh, tribute art or fan art? Fan, fan art. Fan, yeah. Corporate lunch fan art. We need. Rachel got some fan art yesterday. Major Maybe call we'll, we'll for talk about corporate later. lunch fan art. Yeah, somebody tried to roast Rachel on a blog post and just made a nice picture of her. I never yeah, saw the fan it's art. It's a really nice picture. Really? Yeah. Okay, we should do some vibes. All right, folks, 13 vibes, air horns. <laughs> what, uh, who wants to go first? Reverb and air horns. Who wants to go first? I do. Okay. Really? Go first. Uh, my first vibe is the Uncut Gem soundtrack by Daniel LaPatton, also known as uh, One Hotrix Point Never, which is like he's like a, a, a experimental electronic music composer guy who's been around a long time. But um, the Uncut Gem soundtrack is really oddly beautiful. It plays a really prominent role in the movie. For those of you who haven't seen it, uh, you don't know what I'm talking about, but you should see it. I think it's the best movie I've ever seen. And um, the soundtrack, <laughs> the soundtrack really is like this interesting character in the film and it's sort of a counterpoint to the anxiety and tension uh that the movie creates and it's weird there's like acapella choral weird stuff and like chanting and then synths and it's it's a heavy Hans Zimmer vibe yeah it's it's like uh bizarro like Hans, Hans Zimmer. Zimmer I love Hans Zimmer yeah um and it has really calming moments and sort of like intense moments it's good like I like it as commuting, a commuting music when I'm like kind of reading and walking and like doing things, and I don't want to have like a podcast that I can't pay attention to. And it's also nice when you really like a movie to like listen to the soundtrack because it gives you a little of that, like the vibe, like the tonal quality without having to rewatch the movie. Which, by the way, it's not the best movie I've ever seen, but it's the best movie of the year, I think. I can't believe we're still talking about it. And then I, I was thinking like, oh, God, I can't believe we're still talking about Uncle Gems because like inside the like the media GQ, GQ yeah. we've been talking ne- about it for you know, eight Nexus, months. Yeah. It has literally felt like the longest rollout of a movie of all time, yeah. but it only came out. It came out just over a month ago. It wasn't yeah. as good as The Souvenir. The Souvenir was the best movie of 2019 that no one is talking about. All right. That's well, I'll watch that upsetting. this weekend and then I'll listen so to good. the soundtrack. And the I'll soundtrack decide. is really good. Really? Beautiful soundtrack. A lot of like early 80s uh, British kind of soft rock. Okay, my vibe is dusting your plants. Mm-hmm. 
which is something that I didn't even know was uh, yeah, a household it. chore um, that people did. And then last weekend, my roommate dusted our gigantic Monstera tree plant. Oh, that, where'd you um, get that plant? I actually got from Noah Johnson. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Noah. It's still alive? Uh, it yeah. looks huge. Oh, it's thriving. It's, it's, it's like absolutely twice enormous. as big as it was when yeah, I gave it's it to huge. you. Um, and uh, I posted a video of my roommate, Phil, um, dusting the plant, and I got... A, just an absolute groundswell of, of, of responses from <laughs> a lot of people on Instagram who were like, hell yes, that's so important to do. Well, your plant I leaves also dust my are plants. covered in dust. So one, yeah. that's just dirty and gross. Two, your plant needs its leaves to be clean so it can absorb sunlight. Mm-hmm. I had never thought about it. Breathe, because that's how they breathe. You should also miss them. Do you mist your plants? Do you have a spray bottle for water? No. Because the other you can dust them, but also what I used to do or what I do for some of my bigger plants is mist them with water and then wipe them with like a washcloth. Mm. So if you, like me- A little sponge bath or a, for your fiddle fig. An ignoramus when it comes to plant upkeep. Well, you're doing, a, a, you're doing a great job. That plant is thriving. Thanks. Congratulations to you and Phil. On our plant child. Rachel, if you don't give us a vibe right now. Sparks Steakhouse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is like where a bunch of mafia people were killed. It used to be a big mob hangout in the 80s. And the last where big mob murder happened there. It is on 40, I think it's 40, 44th or 46th uh, and like 3rd Avenue. So like Midtown East. Beautiful location. And it, it is like really one of the most bizarre dining establishments in New York. What did you eat? Um, well, it's just, I got, we got steak. We had shrimp cocktail and steak. Killer. What kind martinis. of sides? Like creamed spinach Creamed kind of spinach. Place, we really? got cream, cream yeah. spinach. The, the, it's, it's a huge space um, with a very like old timey bar and red, like kind of an antique like Western style bar yeah. or like late 19th century looking very wooden bar with red lights. Yeah. And then there are all of these like really mediocre landscape paintings that are hung salon style all over the restaurant. It is, it's really, really strange. Um, just like weird views of like the Hudson river and the food is actually really good. Um, and then there's a strange kind of scene of like tourists and then people who are in New York on business trips and are out with like their entire like team. Yeah. But it's it's kind of it's fun and like convivial. It's like reminds you that like there are places where people go out to eat to have fun Is and it, like get a little drunk together where and enjoy does it, themselves. Where does it rank on like famous New York steakhouses? Like I've heard of it, but I've, there's like Peter Luger's and Keens. Is this? This is like I would say Keens is like a more elegant kind of experience like that's like the new yorkers yeah. uh like if you live in new york like that's I where see. you would go this is there were not many other people i think who lived in new york who were there um but the service is really impeccable um it was just really great and there was like a famous mob hit that took place outside and that's how john Gotti came to power did it feel a little spooky maybe oh, haunted yeah. Yeah. yeah because it has a very like strange like you could see why like in the 80s mob bosses would have wanted to hang out there the red lights mixed with the strange like old paintings my next vibe is oh so is um the arcteryx cerium lt hooded down jacket because arcteryx is getting a lot of play lately it seems like a lot of people just discovered arcteryx this like 25 year old canadian technical 
climbing and outerwear brand. How old are they, Sam? You've written about them. Are they 25 years old? Uh, I should have looked I think they were up. founded in the 80s. And um, Did you see Virgil took his bow at the Vuitton show yeah, in an Arcteryx shell? Yeah. And then he was just snowboarding in Big Sky in an Arcteryx leaf camo uh, yeah. jacket. Anyway. Their tactical line that like doesn't really sell at retail, I don't think. Um, but... I mean, I've been down with Arcteryx for many years. It, it seems most people are just discuss- people are like coming off the Patagonia wave and find and like realizing that there are a couple other uh, specialized, high quality, technical outerwear brands. Anyway, the they Arcteryx, their shells and a few other pieces they're like sort of best known for. I would say, although they started out making harnesses, um, but their best piece is the Cerium LT hooded jacket, which is a down super super lightweight down jacket and best worn one maybe two sizes up mine is an xl and it's orange and it is the most insanely warm lightweight dope looking thing on the planet and um the outer shell is really light and it's not waterproof but you know people need to understand you don't need waterproof shell on a jacket that warm because it will never be raining if it's cold enough to wear it. That's beautiful. Mm. That's a p- little poem I just wrote. <laughs> and um, I'm dying to find the brown version that Frank Ocean was wearing yeah. that one time. It that color's a- so good. Yeah, that was really nice. I don't know if that was the same jacket or a slightly different version. They make a few down lightweight down jackets, but yeah. I think the that brown was a is really good. Yeah. So you're So hood. there you have it, folks. Wait, does Why so hood Frank no hood? Um I just like the way it looks. Yeah, I love the way it looks. I th- I always like jackets to have hoods, outerwear to have a hood. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this one is like designed as a layering piece. Like ideal, like theoretically, I would be wearing like a medium, and I would be wearing it under a shell. It would be like a lightweight, packable, like layering piece. But I like to just go jumbo on it. Wait, if Frank wore this one, does that mean everyone already knows what it is and is like? I never see them. I just see people wearing the shells and like starting to talk about our. About Arcteryx, as though it's Frank like a was. New a, I mean, brand. I think people freaked out when he. Uh, I remember that he was wearing the the beanie. Yeah. In oh, um, that's in right. Paris. Yeah. And I think he had the the orange jacket was Arcteryx as well. Um, when he was sitting front row at whatever show it was with his like huge old Celine bag. I think there was a little spot like those beanies. That I heard that the beanies sold out at like every Arcteryx account. <laughs> anyway, um, my vibe is uh, flared jeans. So I've been on the hunt for a long time to find the perfect pair of flared pants or jeans. And I have a few brand recommendations for those who are uh, also um, seven for all kind paper denim and cloth rock and Republic (laughs) chip and pepper true religion. Okay. 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 Joe jeans. Celine just released. Oh, Two oh. pairs of flared jeans. Yeah, so just go grab a few in uh, your size. They're pretty expensive. <laughs> yeah. But the silhouette is great. They're really sick. La Mer makes a nice pair of flared jeans. They're pleated. Or no, they're not pleated. Sorry, they're... Um, they have, they're creased. They're, they're creased. creased. They're creased. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. So they're creased. They're crimped. Uh, like my hair. Which is a very sort of retro touch. Fun fact, Mark Gonzalez has all of his jeans, which are supreme, brought to his tailor, and he has a crease stitched in to the center of the leg. That's, That's really cool. They look really dope. And they like, you wash them and they like fade, you know, it fades as like a seam does mm-hmm. on like a hem. And then second layer out of LA, 
makes not denim but um this sort of lightweight sort of a little stretchy wool um flared pant wow that is really nice don't um, and you can oh buy so that it's at, a pant it's not a it's, a, it's like a trouser yeah that's cool Sam. but it's that's it's really cool. you know five pocket um and you can buy those at uh departmento in la i got one last vibe france musique france musique is a french classical music station that i discovered while we were in paris and it's so good does it stream on the internet i found out that you can stream it and i've been listening to it nonstop. it's like being in like a 19th century salon and proust is like would you like a madeline and like there's like really kind of weird almost abstract piano music playing and then uh like 40s jazz it's so good and DJs that come in and like talk in like an yeah. NPR voice, but in yeah, French? but they're in French. Ads or no advertisements? Um, no, no ads. It's like public radio. Right, it's beautiful. That, that sounds essential to me. It is so beautiful. We're getting um, kicked out of the studio, but can I do one more vibe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next vibe is um, a, probably the brand that I'm most obsessed with right now. If I could call it that, is Mantle. Um, Mantle is Australian. It's this guy, Lars Harry, who does it. And um, I haven't met Lars, actually. He wasn't in Paris this time because he just had a baby, but we have lots of mutual friends. And he's sort of a genius, like, industrial designer-type approach to making clothing. The brand is just, like, on the website, it just says Heavyweight Clothing Australia. So it's Australian. It's extremely industrial. Um, The fabrics all seem almost like... um, upholstery for like heavy machinery or something but they're they're really beautiful it's all made in japan and the fabrics i think are all japanese and um it's a mix of sort of technical and basic it kind of has like a weird avant-garde edge to it um you know the the silhouettes aren't necessarily like familiar it's not like carhartt in like extra heavy canvas it's something much more thoughtful and stranger all the hardware is really unique and interesting um and I just can't stop thinking about it. He makes this down jacket, this like short kind of coach's jacket style, enormously puffy down jacket and this amazing wax cotton with a see-through liner so you can see the the down fill. Um, mantle, really good. Give him a follow. Look out for it. They have it at Departmento and, I don't know, Dover Street. I don't know where. The usual spots. Burlington Coat Factory. Episode 80 of Corporate Lunch. This is um, a, just a real privilege and an honor for us to be here in your ears. Thanks for the poems. Send us your fan art. Tell a friend. See you next time. <laughs>